so much for your word. Thank you that you choose to speak to us through your word and by your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you'll give uh, Dixon your word for us. You'll speak to us through him. Draw us closer to yourself, because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much for praying for me. For those of you who came to the morning uh, service, I'm sorry that you'll be hearing my sermon twice <laughs> because I'll be preaching the same, the same sermon. I want to begin by thanking your vicar, the Reverend uh, Will, for inviting me to preach. I have to be grateful to you. Thank you very much. And Will, as I said in the morning, I hope that you can also pay a visit to Tanzania so that, as President Idi Amin Dada of Uganda once said to the Queen, I can revenge by inviting you to preach to my people. So you are most welcome there. For those of you who is your first time to meet me, my name is Dixon, uh, Bishop of the Diocese of Central Tanganyika in Dodoma, Tanzania. The Anglican province of Tanzania has a total number of 28 dioceses, and the Diocese of Central Tanganyika is the mother diocese of 19 dioceses. Currently, the Diocese of Central Tanganyika has uh, 37 deaneries, uh, 283 parishes, and 1,264 congregations. We also have 300 priests and over 700 uh, church members that the Diocese of Central Tanganyika is a growing diocese. For those of you who came to my talk on Thursday, I shared with you that in September last year, we engaged on what we call aggressive evangelism. In this program, we invited each of our parishes to send a team of evangelists to two of our outreach areas in the diocese. A total uh, when we send them, uh, the results were overwhelming. A total of 1,465 people participated in uh, this program of evangelism. And as a result, 12,047 children and adults were baptized within a period of four days. And we had uh, 13,000 997 people accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. The number of people coming for confirmations also indicates church growth. I also shared that two weeks ago, just before I came here, I had confirmations in one of our four parishes. It was a dinner of four parishes, about 500 kilometers away from town. In the first parish, I confirmed 112 candidates in the morning. And in the afternoon, I confirmed 116 uh, people uh, the same day. In the second uh, day, the first parish, I confirmed 85. And in the afternoon, I confirmed 165. So 400 or something within two days. 
We all know that COVID-19 has been a challenge, and in some parts of the world, many Christians have uh, given up attending church services. But in my diocese, we witnessed something very positive, again, as I shared on Thursday. As you know, the country of Tanzania did not go into lockdown, and sadly, we lost a number of Christians, including 12 priests uh, died, most of them uh, of COVID. But in order to reduce the number of worshipers, because the churches, churches were still crowded, in our 7.30 a.m. service, and to help them keep distance, we started a new service at 6 a.m. When we started this service, only a few people attended. But today, this service has almost 300 worshipers in the morning, uh, 6 a.m. The 7.30 a.m. service also still has 300 worshipers, and the 9.30 also has uh, 100 because it is English service. And the 10.30 uh, a.m. service also still has about uh, 300 worshipers. Now, why am I sharing all this? As you may remember, the gospel reading last, Saturday, last Sunday was Luke 10, 38 to 48. Here, we, we read about two women, Mary and Martha. While Martha was busy in the kitchen, Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him. And as I meditated on this reading, because I preached somewhere, I began asking myself questions. As a bishop of such a busy diocese, am I really spending enough time like Mary to sit down and listen to Christ? Or, like Martha, I'm always busy in the with very little time to sit down and listen to him. I guess many of you here are like me, always busy, of course doing the right things, saving Jesus and his people, but with very little time to sit down and listen to Jesus. In other words, last week's gospel reading challenged us not to abandon our services, but to spend more time sitting down and listening to Jesus. In contrast, today's reading challenges us not only to sit down and listen to Jesus or stay in the kitchen, but also, and rather importantly, to go forth and preach the gospel. But again, as we learned from the two women last week, Martha and Mary, in today's reading, the number is two. Jesus, says Mark, sent his disciples out two by two, not one by one. This sending of out two of two has bothered many Western scholars who spend lots of time trying to explain why this is so. But this would not bother people in Africa where life is corporate and communitarian. In fact, Africans would be surprised as dispatched his disciples one by one. But he sends them in pair so that they can support one another. Friends in Christ, my intention this morning, this afternoon, is not to talk so much about 
the casting out of demons. Simply because you in the West think you are so civilized that talking about demon and demon, uh, and demon possession is an old fashion. But we in Africa, who still think our culture is close to the Bible, demon possession is common, and the casting out of demons is part and parcel of the gospel. Rather, this afternoon, I want to talk a little bit about the numbers two, the number two in Luke, uh, we have Mary and Martha, and again now in Mark, Jesus dispatching uh, his disciples two by two. As I mentioned, we are, I mentioned on Thursday that we are on our way to attend Lambeth Conference. The theme for our Lambeth Conference is God's Church for God's Word, walking, listening, and witnessing together. In the gospel reading last week, Martha needed Mary to learn that what Jesus needs is for her to sit down and listen to him. Likewise, Mary needed Martha to hear what Jesus really wants from him, from her. And today, Jesus sends his disciples two by two to preach brothers and sisters in Christ, to do God's mission effectively in this world. We cannot afford to go alone. We need one another. We need to work together. We need to learn from one another, and we need to support each other. For those of you who have been at Redland Parish for many years, please forgive me if I repeat what I preached here 19 years ago. <laughs> 19 years ago. In listening to one another, there are things that we can learn from you and there are things that you can learn from us when we listen and we work together and we support one another. 19 years ago, I preached on Galatians 3.28 here, where Paul says that although we are different, culture, gender, experience, we are one in Christ. And I remember saying that this is the richness that we have in Christ. For me, the church of God would be very, very poor if it consisted of people with similar race, similar culture, and similar background and experience. But because we are different and yet one in Christ, this is why I think we can enrich one another. May I also repeat the two things that I said 19 years ago that you could learn from us. The first is on church growth. In Africa, the church grows not because we have wonderful courage, for we probably have the most courage. Rather, it grows because the church is in the hands of ordinary Christians. As my predecessor, Bishop Ndimi Mohogoro says, if the church is in the hands of Christians, that church will grow. But if a church is in the hands of clergy, it is possible to witness a church dying in one's own hands. The role of the clergy is more on maintenance 
than growth. Church growth is always in the hands of ordinary Christians who are open enough to go and share the experiences of the risen Christ with their neighbors. And for me, such sharing, such kind of sharing does not need years, months or years spent in a theological college. So church growth is always in the hands of ordinary Christians. The second thing that I said also you can learn from us, uh, especially now as we all come out of COVID-19, and in the morning also we worshiped with people who are from Ukraine, is our experience of loving, of loving and trusting God in the context of suffering. In Africa, suffering is real. Every day we confront death, including premature death. We do not glory in suffering, and the church is working very hard to eradicate suffering. But as far as our faith in God is concerned, suffering is neutral in the sense that it is neither good nor bad for in God. People, whether rich or poor, can believe in God, not because of what they get from God, but because without God, their life will not attain full humanity and meaning. African people love and enjoy God as they are. They do not wait until their problems are solved to enjoy God. They love and enjoy God with or without their suffering or other predicaments. Again, as my predecessor, Bishop says, African people like to dance. They like to sing, and they like to dance. If you go to the villages today, people are hungry, but they do not show it. They still sing, they still dance, and yet they could be dying. For me, as I said here once, suffering reminds us that in reality, we are not created human beings but human becomings. Our perfection is in heaven where there is no more suffering. So friends in Christ, we need one another. We need to go and preach the gospel together. And we need to do mission together. We need to walk together so that we can be effective in preaching the gospel. In the name of God the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.